Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and disasters and figure out who's to blame. Today we're going to be talking about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Look, I know this is a big one, but... As someone who was raised Catholic and what did all of her CCD classes and got all her sacraments, I'm still unqualified to talk about this, but we're going to do it anyway. Here's what you need to know about JC. According to the Bible's New Testament, Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem to Mary, a virgin who had been visited by the angel Gabriel, sent by God, and told that she would give birth to the Son of God, and Joseph, her husband. This is called divine intervention. 
The couple was traveling from Nazareth to Bethlehem, possibly to take part in the census, and found themselves in quite a predicament. Mary went into labor while on their trip, and there was absolutely no vacancy at the inn. Their only option was to stay in a manger, and that's where Jesus was born, in a manger. Many people think that Jesus was probably born in September or October during Sukkot, the Jewish Feast of Tabernacles, rather than on December 25th. This would explain why there was a lack of guest rooms available, and scholars believe that it was sometime between 6 BC and 4 BC. There was very little written about Jesus' early life. In fact, he doesn't really start popping up in the writings until he's 30. That's when he appears as a disciple of John the Baptist, who baptizes him and recognizes him as the Son of God. It is believed that John was somewhat of a mentor to Jesus, but John was considered a dangerous man and was executed by Herod, the Roman ruler in Galilee. After John's death, Jesus started his own movement and recruited his own disciples and followers. He became known to the people of Galilee as a healer, a miracle worker, and a preacher of the kingdom of God. Eventually, Jesus, along with his disciples, made his way from Galilee to Jerusalem, the city where power lay. He was to make his first appearance there as the Son of God. It was Passover, the Jewish feast of celebration for their liberation from the Egyptians. And it was a dangerous time to be in Jerusalem. It was a place of high tension, and it was well known to both Caiaphas, who governed the city, and Pilate, the Roman prefect to whom the high priest was responsible, that the festivals were likely times of uprisings. It is possible that half a million Jews gathered in the city for Passover, and Pilate braced himself. According to the Gospels, Jesus arrived in Jerusalem on a donkey on a Sunday. Then, on Monday, he made his way to the Jewish temple. This was the heart of Jerusalem's political and religious establishment. Jesus then proceeded to drive the money changers and traders from the precincts by overturning their tables and clearing the temple. Reports of the trouble being caused by Jesus reached the Roman authorities. They needed to find him, but they didn't know where he was. The next day, Tuesday, along with his disciples, Jesus heads to the Mount of Olives that overlooks Jerusalem. There, he speaks to them in parables about his second coming and the final judgment. Scriptures indicate that this is where one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, negotiated with the rabbinical court of ancient Israel to betray Jesus. Apparently, nothing happened on Wednesday. Scholars believe Jesus and his disciples took the day off in preparation for Passover, which leads us to Thursday. This would come to be known as the Day of the Last Supper. That evening, after sunset, Jesus washed the feet of his disciples and then shared the feast of Passover, saying, I have been eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins, for I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Jesus definitely knew something was up. He blessed the bread and wine and gave it to his disciples, proclaiming the bread was his body and the wine was his blood. Late that evening, Jesus was betrayed with a kiss by Judas. Judas led armed men sent by chief priests to arrest him. They took Jesus to the high priest and his counselors. 
who had all gathered. Jesus was first accused of threatening to destroy the temple, but his charge was not substantiated. Caiaphas, the high priest, then asked him if he was the Christ, the Son of God. Whether he actually responded yes or his response simply inferred to it is heavily disputed. But however it happened, the high priest took it to mean yes and he decried blasphemy. Jesus was subsequently arrested. In the early morning hours as Jesus' trial was getting underway, Peter famously denied knowing him three times before the rooster crowed. This is the day we know as Good Friday. As the story goes, Judas, the disciple who had betrayed Jesus, was overcome with remorse and hanged himself on that early Friday morning. Meanwhile, Jesus was sentenced to death by crucifixion. The Roman soldiers then mocked him. They clothed him in a purple robe and pierced him with a crown of thorns as they forced him to carry his own cross all the way to Mount Calvary. There, Jesus was stripped and nailed to his wooden cross by Roman soldiers. He died hours later, at the likely age of 33. Fun Facts, a.k.a. Death Stats The part of the cross that Jesus carried was the crossbar, weighing in at 75 to 125 pounds. Jesus' final hours on the cross lasted from approximately 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., a period of about six hours. Christian Gospels say that the skies darkened for hours after the crucifixion, which historians viewed either as a miracle or a portent of dark times to come. Using astronomy, later historians have used this mention to pinpoint the death of Christ. Some tie the crucifixion to a 1 minute 59 second total solar eclipse that occurred in 29 AD. Jesus' death ultimately occurred through a combination of constrained blood circulation, organ failure, and asphyxiation as the body strained under its own weight. Crucifixion was most frequently used to punish political or religious agitators, pirates, slaves, or those who had no civil rights. Jesus was not the only one to be executed that day. Two other men who were charged for being thieves were also nailed to their wooden crosses by Roman soldiers. With us today, we have producer Amanda. Hello, everyone. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hi, Chris Smith reporting for fact checking. And our two very special guests reporting from their very own house, Matt Hobby and Mary Grill. Good evening. Now, you'll remember uh, Matt from the the Bridge Collapse episode, Mm -hmm. and you also remember Mary from the Salem Witch Trials. But today they will be talking as a married couple. (laughs) We will, in unison through the whole recording. (laughs) It's going to be incredible. It's an incredible feat, a totally improvised conversation of two people saying the exact same thing at the exact same time. Correct. What an exciting thing. Yeah. (laughs) That's as good as it was going to go. That's right. Tell us your background with uh, Christianity, on Christianity. I went to Catholic school from kindergarten through college, so... I don't know. I feel like I have a, I have a sturdy base. Uh, I was raised Episcopalian. I uh, did Sunday school. Went to an Episcopalian school, and am now a skeptic. 
I will also. Can I but interject you, also? Yeah, that please. Matt, like when he was like twelve or thirteen, sure, uh, was like, I will no longer be doing religion, mom and dad. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. yeah. I won't be doing it. I was punk. Yeah, my parents would have been like, go to church right now. <laughs> I would have gotten in such big trouble. Yeah. How did they react? Uh, they were not into it, but I think they were sort of like, he's just being defiant now. He'll come around. And then... And then you skated away <laughs> with your long hair exactly. and your van. Yeah, right? but I was on rollerblades and... Uh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. Lots of... Pa- I had knee pads, elbow pads, a helmet. I was that, that was my punk. I have kind of maybe a stupid question. Is Jesus real? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um what? I mean it's a I ultimately I I don't we all don't know, but I think he was. I think he was a man. Whether he was the the man we think he was um is up for debate, up for grabs, but uh I I think he was a a, a historical figure. Do, well, could he, he be a like a history, could he be right? like a Shakespeare? Like maybe Shakespeare was also like a bunch of playwrights who all wrote under the couple same guys. name. Yeah, <laughs> same thing with Braveheart. Yeah, uh, same. It was, a, it was like a couple of guys. Yeah. like was Jesus is Jesus a collective? Jesus is, is Braveheart. Our first question. Yeah. <laughs> well, isn't the <laughs> whole convenient like historical uh, mystery that like we can't know if Jesus existed because if we find evidence of Jesus then it undermines the entire miracle of Jesus. Like, if you find his bones, homeboy didn't rise. Wow. Oh, oh I see. If you right. actually yeah. find him. That's a perfect segue to start putting people up on the board mm-hmm. for the death mm-hmm. and the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we can start off by, first of all, saying that the point of this episode is not to convert anyone. So we're just treating it like a historical yeah, uh, right. situation, did my parents, did a my historical parents put tragedy. You up to this? Did my parents put <laughs> you up to this? <laughs> this is an intervention. <laughs> Obviously, the first people that need to go up on the board are the Romans. According to this timeline documentary, which I found on YouTube, mm. The Romans had abolished the Jewish monarchy, so anyone calling himself the king of the Jews would have been seen as a rebel against the power of Rome. Now, according to Alan D. Callahan, an associate professor of the New Testament, he writes, why was Jesus killed? The Roman answer is good enough for me. He was causing trouble. He constituted a security risk and he was dealt with the way the Romans always deal with security risks in the provinces. This was a matter of not even so much politics as policy. The manner of his death can also tell us about who killed him. Professor Callahan states that it was a Roman job. There is no mistake about that. There has been some examination of the question of whether Jews actually crucified people in any circumstances, and there's some evidence that crucifixions did take place. Members of the Pharisee party at one point were crucified, maybe a century and a half before Jesus, but that's disputed. It's It's a Roman form of execution, and it was a public execution on a political charge. So this was a time of tension in Jerusalem between the Romans and the Jews. 
According to Britannica.com, at times, the divide between monotheistic and polytheistic religions Uh, religious views cause clashes between Jews and Gentiles. This friction combined with oppressive taxation and unwanted imperialism culminated in 66 AD in the first Jewish revolt. This is a hundred year rule that the Romans had in uh, Judea during the time of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it sort of feels like the Romans are the empire, right? Oh yeah. And, The Jews are the rebellion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can yes. I actually put a name on the board? Do we put Jesus on the board? Is it his own fault? Well, Ooh. I mean, that's Rebecca. very deep. Let's talk about Jesus for a sec. Okay. You know, many, according to BBC, quote, many experts believe that more than anyone else, the person responsible for the death of Jesus was Jesus himself. There is considerable body of uh, evidence to suggest that everything he did was planned and that he knew what the consequences would be. Now, Jesus believed profoundly that he was on a mission from God and everything he did was to fulfill this mission. In the event of Holy Week, Jesus seemed to be deliberately acting out the prophecy in Hebrew scripture about Israel's true king, the anointed one, the Messiah, coming uh, at last to be God's agent to redeem Israel. Mm -hmm. He was a rebel. Mm -hmm. He was was a uh, rebel. And he was acting rebellious. Mm -hmm. Just like me on my rollerblades. <laughs> <laughs> but but was that why you wanted to put uh, Matt? You brought up Jesus. Was it was that sort of what you were thinking? He he brought it on himself to make a point. Well, I mean, you were talking about he's the king of the Jews, right? And it's like if he's the one kind of giving himself that mantle, isn't he making himself a bigger figure when he maybe knows the consequences? If if this is how. Rome dealt with people. Anytime uh-huh. you had an insert, you know, he's not the first person to be crucified. And a lot of the pictures, there's two other dudes up on crosses. We don't talk about them. Well, we do. He welcomes oh. them well, into the w- gates of heaven. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, but, we- but just cir- circling back to the two guys who were next to him, it just, I just occurred to me it would be funny if you went up to somebody who had a cross around their neck and you go, oh, you're a Christian. And he goes, no, this was the guy to his left. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Jesus, we have the Romans. Who else are we going to throw up on the board? We got to put Pontius Pilate, Pilate right, up on right. the board. Pontius Pilate was the fifth governor of the Roman uh, province of Judea, serving under Emperor Tiberius. The thing about Pilate is that when the, the New Testament is written, mm-hmm. he's made to come off as someone who's like not really sure what to do about Jesus. That's true. But all historical accounts of him put him as this ruthless dictator. And now let's take a quick break to talk to Dr. Helen Bond, professor and director at the Center of the Study of Christian Origins at the University of Edinburgh. We're going to hear her perspective on Pontius Pilate. Thank you so much for speaking to us, Dr. Bond. So I've read a lot about how uh, Pontius Pilate was a, a ruthless ruler. Um, is there truth to that? And and can you speak to his particular style of ruling? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's strange because the Gospels give the impression that he's sort of pushed into to crucifying Jesus as if he sort of doesn't really want to do that. But the Gospels have their own reasons for doing that, because they want to put as much blame as possible on on the Jewish authorities. And when you read other sources, particularly Jewish authorities about um, Jewish sources, rather, about uh, Pilate, they're really, really negative. 
Um, there's a guy called Josephus, a uh, first century historian, and um, he was he was born just a little bit after Pilate, but he would have had good sources. And he says that he was pretty insensitive. He was, um, you know, expected to be boss in his own province. Um, but the worst character assassination comes from um, a guy called Philo, who lived in Alexandria, and he was a direct contemporary of Pilate. And he, he gives a great long list of um, atrocities that Pilate uh, got involved with. He says he was cruel, he was greedy, he um, sent people to death without any trial, and all kinds of lists of things. And he says he was a spiteful and angry person as well, as if all the rest wasn't bad enough. I mean, again, you have to be a little bit cautious and treat them with a pinch of salt. And, you know, they also have their reasons for being very negative about Pilate. But I'm sure, actually, that the the truth is somewhere in between. And I I don't think you get to be uh, prefect of a Roman province if you're not pretty harsh and ruthless. I mean, he would have had some kind of background in the military. He would have been um, an alpha male who knew what he was doing, expected to be boss, um, probably very little time for the religious sensitivities of the people he's sent to govern. And I doubt he would have paid very much attention to Jesus at all. I mean, he'd have just heard, this is a troublemaker. He's got a a following. He's doing things in Jerusalem we don't like. Let's get rid of him. Because Pilate's main reason for being in uh, Jerusalem is to maintain law and order. So, I mean, his whole, the whole point of what he's there for is to get rid of people like Jesus. Do you believe that Pilate would have hesitated in sentencing Jesus to death, as is uh, depicted in the gospel? No, I don't think that's very likely to be true. Um, I mean, of course, the gospel writers are all writing a long time after um, the the death of Jesus anyway, at least 40 years, um, possibly 60, 70 years later. Um, I doubt they... I doubt they know very much about the actual trial itself anyway. Um, Someone like Pilate wouldn't have spent much time thinking about Jesus. I mean, Jesus is a a provincial. He's a really, on on the social scale, he's very, very low. Um, He's not a Roman citizen. If you're a Roman citizen, then there's a whole kind of legal um, uh, machinery that sort of comes into bearing. But if you're a provincial, you're sort of under the law. And um, I mean, it's hard for us to imagine just how cheaply the Roman state regarded most lives, particularly lives of people like Jesus. Um, Pilate would have snuffed him out in a second if he thought that he was causing trouble. You know, he he may hardly have needed to see him at all, just, just heard what he was up to and, and sent him to the cross. You can check out the rest of the interview with Dr. Helen Bond on Thursday's episode of The Aftermath and check out her book, The Historical Jesus, A Guide for the Perplexed. Now back to our conversation. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. Designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Alarmist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash alarmist. I think this is a good transition now to talk about uh, the Jews. So we need to talk about the Jews because in the, in the Bible, they traditionally have taken the blame for the death of Jesus. Mm. The gospel points the finger at the Jewish leaders for plotting to execute Jesus, but many historical accounts point the finger elsewhere. According to BibleOdyssey.org, Jesus was indeed one of thousands of Jews crucified by the Romans. The New Testament testifies to the basic fact, but also allows for Jewish involvement in two ways. First, a few high-ranking Jewish authorities who owed their position and power to the Roman conspired with the Gentile leaders to have Jesus put to death. They're said to have been jealous of Jesus and to have viewed him as a threat to the status quo. Secondly, an unruly mob of people in Jerusalem called out for Jesus to be crucified. The number of persons in the crowd is not given, nor is any motive supplied for their actions, except to say that he had been uh, stirred up. Whatever the historical circumstances might have been, early Christian tradition clearly and increasingly placed blame on the death of Jesus on the Jews, decreasing the Romans' culpability. The reason for this shift in emphasis is unclear, but one obvious possibility is that the church spread out in the world. Romans, rather than the Jews, became the primary targets of evangelism. Thus, 
there could have been some motivation to let Romans, quote, off the hook and blame the Jews for Jesus's death. So that ties into sort of the whole Pilate discussion, right, where he leaves it up to the crowd. I mean, this is the story in the Bible is that he says, hey, do you want Barabbas? And the crowd says, no, give us Jesus. And so this is maybe the writers of the Bible saying, hey, the Jews picked the picked the guy mm, to die. Yeah. You know what, what you- I would like to put up on the board maybe instead of that which is kind of slightly related is evangelism. Mm. Mm. So because the point of the Bible written in this perspective was to evangelize this other group in a way that they wouldn't uh reject the teachings. Does that make sense? This New Testament is being written like 45 to 65 AD, you know, let's say 30 years after Jesus' death. And it's being written after slash during the war with the Jews in the late 60s. So do we feel good about putting evangelism up? Because I I know that it's it's skewed the way that we thought of it. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Yeah. Now, I will just give us a time check. We only have, you know, not much longer to put names up on the board. So as fast as we can, get a few more names up there. (laughs) Judas obviously kicked it off. Yeah. He, um, but he was one of the 12 apostles. Go ahead. And he's notoriously uh, known for betraying Jesus Mm -hmm. with the kiss. Mm -hmm. Um, He's the one who disclosed his whereabouts to the chief priests and the elders. Mm -hmm. uh, And he did it for 30 pieces of silver. Not much. Not much. They provided the armed guard uh, that he brought to the Garden of uh, uh, Gethsemane. 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 Thank you. Uh, Where Jesus went to pray with the other 11 apostles. So that this is how he gives him the kiss and addresses him as master. And that's how they know who, which one of them is Jesus. Yeah. Um, so he's got to go up on the board. Yeah. I, I obviously Judas is, did a naughty thing, but I have to say I have a lot of empathy for him. I'm with you. I've always felt bad for, he, he kills himself. Yeah. He does. You know, he definitely feels Dante's In Dante's Inferno, he puts Judas in the, like, he's one of three guys in the very last ring of hell, which like is, is frozen. He's like frozen in ice or something. I forget that. that book but mm. he, yeah judas has a totally bad rap everyone thinks he's a dick yeah, yeah. how is he portrayed in uh no. <laughs> jesus christ superstar? i was gonna ask in jesus christ superstar how is he portrayed in, in the that? musical his moments where he's dying he's sort of singing and screaming you murdered me you murdered me and he's crying it's so oh. chilling and then he he stops in the middle of like one word he says you murder <gasps> And you know he's dead. You know who like who always stuck out to me as like an annoying character was Peter too because he would he denied him three times and he gets like, no Jesus he doesn't like, get in trouble deny. he doesn't get in trouble like he doesn't get a bad no. rap but he I he gets forgiven cornerstone of my church and then he gets put at he he isn't he Saint Peter the one who greets everybody at heaven that's the sweetest oh, gig greets? it's a good gig. Can I throw one more thing up at the board? Yes. Yeah. About sins. Well, yeah, he died for our sins. Original wow. sin about well, that's, us. That's Jesus's whole plan. He's like, I'm dying I mean, for your sins. Everybody sins. So is it, it are we putting up sins like uh, in a way where it's like we're putting up sins because if if we didn't have these sort of failures of our personalities, then no one would need to die for them? 
Or mm. are we putting sins on the board of like uh, the idea that we believe that behaviors we have that are natural are wrong then mm. need a, right. cause us uh, to need a Messiah? Sins in their pure form versus the concept, concept of, of sins. sins. Exactly. Thank you. So we'll put sins up and then we'll put sins in quotation. <laughs> uh, there's two paths diverged in a wood here. That, the biblical version of who's to blame and this historical, sort of historical totally. version. I know. That. And if if we're following the biblical path just for a second, we also have to put God up there, right? I mean, but but it, it, isn't Jesus God? A third. Yeah, God's he's, son. He's I mean, third. according to him. Yeah, but they're all one. Of, he's yeah. the son of God. Yeah, but they are one, is all I'm saying. It's true. They all are one. <laughs> yeah. Dios mio. Yeah. yeah um, I mean. Put the big, the big, big G dog? Big dog. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, I wanted to put up Satan. Yeah. Because. That's a dick. Uh, not just that, but according to Luke, uh, Judas's action to the ent- uh, was the entrance of Satan in- into his body. Ooh. Is there anybody else you want to throw up? Because we have uh, a full board here, Death of JC. Uh, I want to put Barabbas up there. Barabbas? He didn't Ooh, just tell us. Because yeah. if the story of Barabbas is true, if, if we follow that logic, right? Pontius Pilate says, you know, who, who, who do, do you, you want? want? Do you want Jesus? Do you want Barabbas? And everybody says, mm-hmm. Bar- we want Barabbas, Barabbas to, to be survive. freed. Yeah. Right, we want Barabbas right, to be freed. True. Barabbas knows he's a thief, right? And he knows who right. Jesus is. He could have just been like, come on, guys. Take, take Crucify right. me? He, yeah, he right. should have stepped up to the plate. Yeah, he could have stepped up to the plate. And then he could have been Jesus. I'll tell you what, that guy could have totally changed the course of history. He could have exactly. saved Jesus' life. Yeah. I, I wonder. I wonder if Where he would have the then bones? just gone. <laughs> <laughs> Where? Show me the bones. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So on the list, on the list for who's to blame for the death of Jesus Christ, Rome, Rome. Jesus himself, Pontius Pilate, evangelism, Judas, original sin, God, Satan, or Matt's. Barabbas. <laughs> that's a t- that's a huge list. I think we need to combo God and Jesus. I was just gonna say yeah. the same thing. I think we gotta Love take you, Matt. Yeah, we got married <laughs> in a Catholic church. I I think us too. There's something to me where it's like the idea, and I, I guess uh, maybe this is part of the issue. Part of my skepticism is like the idea that like he knew what he was doing all along, right? They knew exactly how everyone would behave. I guess I don't believe in, what is that, fatalism? I believe that people's actions have consequences that are not predetermined. So I think taking Jesus and God off the board is consistent with that because I don't think they could have really truly known what would have worked. So I believe we can take God off, and I also think we can take the biblical version of Jesus off. Now, I Jesus the man, if mm-hmm. we're just talking about historical figure Jesus, More might need to stay on a second longer. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I, then does that mean we take yeah. sins off? Original sin? I think we take sins off. Okay. I mean, when I got this call, I was like, I know who did it. Sin. And, and it's, oh wow! It's like, I mean, it's a, it's cl- a classic. Yeah, it's Pontius Pilate well, definitely stays out. We have original up. sin out. We have God out, and we have uh, biblical Jesus off. Uh, I, so now mm, we just have. I Rome. think we could take off Rome. Pilate. Oh really? I don't think we can take Rome. Can I? Off. Can well, I? Can I debate? Yes. My please. thought is that Rome, right? Rome was big, right? 
And Pontius Pilate was governor, right? And I don't think the United States has to cover for everything that Florida does. You know, Pilate was the one who called the shots. Right. In my opinion, he's way more to blame. Me too. Um, he's the one, yeah. I mean, he ordered and it. He, he ordered it, and he definitely felt threatened. You want to bounce Rome? Yeah. I, I want to bounce Rome. Rome I want to bounce Rome. Yes! How do we feel about Judas right For me, now? it's between Pontius, Pilate, and Judas. Wow, wow, wow. Interesting. Can we, can we uh, touch on evangelism for a second? So just preaching the good word, is that really what's to blame? Well, uh, this would be like preaching the good word in a skewed manner so that now we have all of these people up on the board that maybe didn't really have anything to do with it. Well, exactly. you're basically saying really who's to blame for who's to blame. It's not exactly <laughs> who's to blame for the crucifixion of Jesus. Yeah, that's true. No, you're right. I, I guess my my whole I, I have a, a chip on my shoulder. Oh, but rest assured, Rebecca. <laughs> at some fair. point, evangelism will go to the jail. Okay. We'll get it in there. I trust me. We'll get it in there. <laughs> not this time, though. I'm taking. I'm crossing it off. Okay, so we got Judas, Pilate, and Satan, and uh, Barabbas. Barabbas is Take still hanging Satan on off. There. Barabbas is still there. Satan. Yeah, but if we're doing really? like history, yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I never met him, so <laughs> show me the show bones. Me the bones. <laughs> show me the bones. <laughs> and then Barabbas was Matt's last-minute pitch. I feel. Uh, anybody want to take that on? I mean, I think you can make an, a case that he could have definitely saved the day, but I don't know that that is enough to get somebody blamed. I have kind of my mind set up a little bit. Okay. And I think, I, I, I want to know what you guys think. I would like to send Pontius Pilate to the alarmist jail mm. and give Judas the big slap. Wow. I'm with you. I, really. uh, or wait. this is the thing. I feel I'm like with Pontius, yeah, Judas is the bigger betrayal. Interesting, because Pontius Pilate was just doing what he always he does. But really, we're going to let Pontius Pilate off the No, he's hook? getting a big slap. He's a terrible he guy. He's getting a big slap. As a leader, you set a tone. Mm. He's ruling with fear and death. It's like they say, we've said this before, shit trickles, right? Shit trickles down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <God. laughs> That's a, a Rebecca-ism. <laughs> is it not a real thing? Because I'm pretty sure it shit, is. Shit Where rolls does it downhill? trickle from? Shit I don't know if you put shit, you throw a piece of shit, it's gonna trickle down. Gravity. Throw a piece of shit rolled. on a wall. It depends a lot about the down. consistency of the fecal matter. <laughs> I will say I've never heard shit trickles. <laughs> I think it's shit tri- doesn't trickle. <laughs> shit shit rolls downhill. Shit rolls downhill. Shit smushes. Okay. Somehow I, I mix trickle down economics with shit rolls downhill. Yes, you do. <laughs> um, what do you think? I mean, I I just have I, I understand that Judas was like the guy close to him who like gave him away and but uh, Is there a case to I, be made? I'm arguing against myself yeah. now, but is there a case to be made that if Judas hadn't done it, somebody else would have. Take the same sequence of events and replace Judas with someone and does the same thing happen and replace Pontius Pilate with someone and does the same thing happen. Mm. Well, and maybe Jud- Judas was a, a pawn in this whole scheme too because if he was taken over by Satan and, you know... <laughs> At the end of the day, the person who had to get it done was Pontius Pilate. 
Oh my gosh. I don't know. This is a tough one. After Mary I, told me about that song that Judas sings in Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ Superstar, Superstar, I can't, I feel so bad for that guy. It's sad. I just, I put myself in his shoes. But does you feeling bad for him makes is me that right. evidence of his guilt? Yeah, but the thing right? is, Judas didn't kill Jesus. He, he gave, gave him away. Like, Pontius, neither did Pilate. Pontius Pilate yeah, sentenced I, him to death. It, it, it's a tough one. It's a really, really... It might be one of the toughest ones we've had to decide mm. on. But unless someone out there uh, wants to change our mind or overturn the verdict... Careful, you're going to be struck by lightning. <laughs> 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 I just got scared. I think it's settled. Judas, you're getting the big slap. Pontius Pilate, you're going to the alarmist jail. I would not want to be in a cell with Pontius Pilate. I mean, a, a, compared to the, some of the other things we've thrown in there, Carnival Cruise Corporation. Oh, man. <laughs> we couldn't have done it without this power couple, Matt and Mary. You guys are, are going to heaven in my books. That's Thank right. Thank you so much. God bless. means the most coming from you. <laughs> After Jesus' death, according to Encyclopedia Britannica, Constantine the Great, the first Christian emperor, abolished crucifixion in the Roman Empire in the early 4th century out of veneration for Jesus Christ, the most famous victim of crucifixion. Christians believe that, following the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Joseph was given permission to bury Jesus, so he brought fine linen, wrapped the body, laid Jesus in a tomb, and rolled a large stone across the entrance. Jesus was in the grave for three days. After the Sabbath, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Salome prepared spices to anoint Jesus' body. When they arrived at the tomb, the stone had already been rolled away. They entered the tomb to find Jesus' body was gone. According to an article in BBC, Pilate was recalled to Rome to be tried for his brutal treatment of Jews, but the emperor Tiberius died and Pilate was never brought to trial. He is thought to have committed suicide in 37 AD, not long after the crucifixion. Vote for who you think is to blame by going to thealarmistpodcast.com. Follow us at the Alarmist the on Twitter, at the Alarmist Podcast on Instagram, or email us at thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Tune in next week. We'll be talking about the Astor Place Riot. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.